Hare Krishna. A warm welcome to all of you for today's Gita Live session. The topic for the day is the enemy within. All of us have friends. We also have some people who we can call our enemies. The Bhagavatam says that one who says that he has many enemies but does not recognize that his greatest enemy is his uncontrolled mind and uncontrolled senses, if he does not have that understanding, then he is mistaken. So today we are going to discuss about what are the enemies within us and a progressive life in true sense involves some kind of battle with those enemies. A person is said to be successful if he has won such battles with the enemies within. So we will get into more details. Let us start the session with prayers. Request all of you to kindly fold your hands and join me. Together let us offer these prayers and seeking the blessings of Lord, we begin this session. Nama Om Vishnupadaya Krishna Prishthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Nitinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advaita Gadadhara, Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda, Namo Mahavadanyaya, Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya, Namne Gauratushe Namaha, Namo Brahmane Devaya, Go Brahmane Hitaya Cha Jagadhitaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindhu Dinabandhu Jagadpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanchan Gaurangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishabhanu Sute Devi, Tranamami Hari Priye, Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha, Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha, Patitanam Pavnebhyo, Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha, Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare <clears throat> As I mentioned, we all have many enemies, but the important ones are within us. So, Bhagavad Gita gives us some wonderful insights. What are those enemies and how do we go about defeating such enemies? 
Like we have been doing today, we'll cover this session three aspects so that it is easy for us to assimilate and understand the knowledge. The first aspect which I'm going to share with all of you is the enemy of ignorance. I repeat, the enemy of ignorance. Ignorance in Sanskrit is also called avidya. Bhagavatam says, avidya kama karma bhi. When we have avidya, ignorance, ignorance about our true self, ignorance about why we are in this world, who is creator of this world, then because of that fundamental avidya, ignorance, we lead a life, kama, which is driven by kama, lust. The goal of life becomes enjoying our minds, enjoying our senses. Avidya, kama, karma bhi. And because of that kama, lust, we engage in various activities and whole life is all about engaging in those activities and enjoying or suffering the reactions of those karmas. So, all the karmas we do, the root is avidya. Because of avidya, there is kama. Because of kama, we engage in various sinful activities, material activities and because of which we suffer the consequences in this life and in our future lives. So, Mahabharata says that this avidya or ignorance which covers the soul, which covers our true knowledge, soul being part and parcel of Krishna is Sat is eternal, Chit full of knowledge. Soul is not in ignorance, intrinsically. Avidya, Kama, Karma bhi. But this soul comes under the influence of avidya or true understanding or true chit. Sat, chit, ananda. The chit gets covered by avidya. So Mahabharata says that there are five kinds of avidya. There are five kinds of avidya which covers the soul, our true real knowledge. The real understanding is Aham Brahmasmi, I am a spirit soul, I am eternal. But we don't lead our lives with that understanding. So that means there is some energy which has covered the true understanding, the true knowledge. So the five kinds of avidya which Mahabharata talks about, the first one is the understanding, accepting the body as self. This is one kind of avidya. Accepting body as the self. In other words, thinking that I am the body. It's a very fundamental avidya and Prabhupada says that spiritual life begins. The ABC of spiritual life is, spiritual life begins when a person understands that he is not the body, he is spirit soul. Now, based on this avidya, fundamental avidya, I am this body, 
even big big learned eminent scholars academicians philosophers they also are so to say covered with this avidya sometimes someone says he is a nobel laureate he is such a learned person he is such an accomplished person but vidvamsh apikarsati even a vidwan his knowledge also can be taken away by maya so <clears throat> this avidya which covers our true knowledge in fact if you see it is quite surprising that we lead a life with two big black boxes where we come from is a black box where we go after death it's a black box we have no clear understanding a vast majority of people in fact 99.9999% of the population has no idea where we come from year after year we celebrate our birthday let's say a person is born in 1965 where was he before 1965 no idea and we all know that one day we have to leave this world and go where do we go what happens to us we have no clear idea prabhupad once was talking to a priest in russia and uh, in the conversation the priest said that there is no soul after the body gets finished it's cremated it's burnt it's buried everything is over so prabhupad says that this avidya is coming even so called religious scholars even so called priests because this shakti is very powerful shakti it is not that a person is very learned very scholarly big philosopher so he will not have that avidya covering this avidya is quite prevalent in the society cut across all nationality color race all kinds of so called demarcation it overrules and covers the real knowledge the second kind of avidya or ignorance is making sense gratification as the standard of enjoyment i repeat it's a consequence of the first kind of ignorance that i am the body accepting the body as self the consequence of that avidya is making sense gratification the standard of enjoyment in life as souls we all are seeking enjoyment there's nothing wrong about it anandamayo bhyasat the common denominator in all our lives irrespective of what profession we are in what gender what nationality everyone is seeking happiness now with this fundamental avidya the standard of enjoyment self gratification becomes the standard of enjoyment eating sleeping mating defending gorgeously in a very very elaborate sophisticated way becomes the goal of life 
and becomes the standard of enjoyment. If you see today's world, the modern advancement, it's all about how we can have better gadgets, you know, better channels to watch, much clearer videos to play. It's all sense gratification. We have many apps, we can order items whenever we want. In 30 minutes, it will be delivered hot to your place and we think that we are living in an advanced world. But our scripture says, Nayam deho deha bhajan Ke Nayam. This is Srimad Bhagavatam, 5th canto. Rishabdev is telling his sons, Nayam deho deha bhajan. For a soul who has accepted this human body, Deho deha bhajan. Kashtan kaman arhate with bhujam ye. He should not engage in sense gratification, which is so freely and so easily available in other life forms. Sense gratification as a source of enjoyment is available in all life forms. Even animals are dabbling in it. In fact, they are able to dabble much more freely. Prabhupada made this statement, very blunt statement. It might hurt some of us. Prabhupada said that a dog may have sex in a street. In front of everyone, a man may have in a cozy apartment, in a multi-storied building, in a cozy bed with nice aroma and perfume all around, in a very, very, you know, wonderful environment. But the standard of enjoyment is the same. The pleasure is the same. We may eat on a dining table with forks and knife in a very sophisticated way very well-mannered way. But the enjoyment of eating is the same. Dogs may bark and protect themselves, defend themselves. We may defend using intercontinental ballistic missiles. The act is the same. The activity is the same. We may do it much more sophisticated, much more refined way, much more gorgeous way using technology, using all the latest gadgets. But the activity is the same. So the second kind of avidya is making sense gratification the standard of enjoyment in life. Where a scripture says that human form of life, we are eligible to enjoy a higher standard of happiness. Raso varjam raso param drishtva nivartate there is a param, there is a much higher standard of happiness. And if we enjoy that happiness, then all this happiness become tucham. It's become low class. Yamunacharya says, there is one great devotee. He says, I am relishing such high pleasure that whenever a thought of sex comes to my mind, my lips curl in distaste. Again, we cannot imitate them. They are great exalted devotees. But yes, we, we have an eligibility. We can qualify to enjoy that kind of happiness. If we just dabble in the happiness which even animals are enjoying much more sophisticated way, then our scriptures say that we are Dvi Pada Pashu. 
An animal may walk or run on four legs. We may be walking on two legs, but we are animals only. So that's the second kind of ignorance. While I am going ahead, I request devotees to type out the first avidya which we talked about and the second one. So that it's some kind of a revision for those who are who have not assimilated yet. It's a confirmation or rather it's a reiteration of the same fact. So I request devotees to type out what is first avidya, what is the second one. The third one is because of identifying with the body, the ignorance which makes us always anxious. We are always in anxiety because of bodily identification. The ignorance makes us very anxious. Prabhupada says, everyone in this world, everyone without an exception, rich man, poor man, the president of the United States, the prime minister of the country, everyone without an exception is in anxiety. Anxiety is called kuntha. The spiritual world is called vaikuntha. Vaikuntha means where there is no anxiety. Prabhupada gives an example, even a sparrow. If it comes to pick up a grain, if you have thrown some grains, the sparrow comes and it's, it's constantly looking here and there because it's an anxiety. Somebody should not throw some stone. Somebody should not hit him. Dogs also, you see them barking. They all have some so-called territorial rights. If someone comes in, they start barking, they become anxious, as if somebody is threatening their territorial rights. This street is my street. How can you come? At times you would see when we walk on the road, the dogs start barking. There's some anxiety, this is which they become perturbed. So it's common to everyone. Avidya, the third one is which causes anxiety in us. The fourth kind of avidya is the ignorance which causes lamentation. Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Na Shochati Na Kangshati. Krishna in the Gita says, when one becomes Brahma Bhuta, when one realizes that I am not the body, I am a spirit soul. In other words, when one crosses this so-called ignorance, Asatoma Satgamaya Tamasima Jyotirgamaya. When one comes to light, when one gets enlightened, Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma, he becomes joyful. Tell me genuinely how many of us are happy. That's a different thing. If anyone asks, How are you? I am fine. That's a standard answer we have learned to give. But deep within, if we introspect, Am I really fine? Every one of us have something which is bugging us, which is troubling us. We are lamenting for something which has happened in the past. Hankering for something which we don't have. Brahma Bhuta, Prasannatma, Na Shochati, Na Kangshati. It does not hanker, it does not lament. This is the standard of 
enjoyment, standard of living which we are entitled for, but we have settled for something which is very, very tucham, very, very low. Prabhupada is low class. Our standard of enjoyment has become the standard which even animals are dabbling in. For many people, sexual intercourse is greatest of material pleasure. Animals are dabbling freely. And the fifth one is, the fifth avidya, ignorance is thinking that there is something beyond the absolute truth. The real understanding, the real knowledge is everything we see is nothing but the Lord and His energies. Everything is manifestation of Lord and His energies. But because of avidya, we see the Lord is completely out of picture. We completely take Lord out of our lives. And we use the Lord, we use God for fulfilling some of our material desires by offering some prayers. So-called religious people. We use God and sometimes we are disappointed why God does not respond or reciprocate. So these are the five avidyas. First, accepting the body as the self. Second, making sense gratification as a standard of one's enjoyment. Because of identification with the body, one is in anxiety, kuntha, and is full of fourth, because of this avidya, which covers the real knowledge, one is always full of lamentation. And the fifth avidya, which covers the real knowledge, is one thinks that there is something beyond the Lord. The Absolute Truth. The Absolute Truth, the Supreme Lord is also called the Absolute Truth because there is nothing beyond it. It's the ultimate truth, the ultimate reality, the cause of all causes. Sarva Karana Karanam. When there was nothing, He was there. So this understanding gets covered because of one kind of ignorance. So Avidya, although we talked about the five types of avidya, in general, this avidya is our enemy. And this avidya is covering our true knowledge, covering our real understanding of life, the true understanding of life. And this avidya is our enemy. And in human form of life, we can defeat this avidya. That's why it says, Asatoma Satgamaya. Tamasima, this tamas, darkness. Tamasima, Jyotirgamaya. This is the goal of life. Unfortunately, in today's world, sense gratification has become the standard for a person to earn a lot of money, to grow in his career so that he can have a better house, bigger house, better car, eat better, dress better. That has become the goal. It's so unfortunate. So, avidya, kama, karma bhi. Because of avidya, we engage in various material activities. Because of that kama, which is burning within us. And karma bhi, engage in various, even so-called sinful activities. 
and whole life we are struggling because of the reactions. So that's first point, the ignorance covering the true self. The second point which I would like to cover today, which we all have heard, the five kinds of enemies, we have been talking about it in all our sessions. It is calm, krodh, lobh, moh and matsarya and sometimes people also call it ahankar. In all religions, there is mention of these enemies. Panch Vikar, in Guru Granth Sahib, it's talked about as Panch Vikar, the five decoits which steal our real wealth. We all have heard about it many, many times. I'll just briefly touch. Calm is lust. Lust is a powerful force. Where Krishna in the Gita says, Kama Esha, Krodh Esha, Rajoguna, Samudbhava, Mahashano, Mahapapma, Ihavaidina. This Kama is the greatest enemy of the living entity. And when this Kama is not fulfilled, what does it do? It results in Krodha, anger, frustration. So Kama, lust, and it is such a great force, such a great force that even so-called learned people, even so-called spiritualists have fallen to this powerful force. It's a very powerful enemy. Krishna also in the this mamamaya dhuratteya, dhuratteya means it's a powerful force. We cannot be at any time overconfident that now I have the knowledge, now I have been attending these sessions, now I am reading Bhagavad Gita, therefore I will not be overpowered by Kama. No. Any moment, any day, unless we have the mercy of the Lord, unless we are begging protection from the Lord, we can, we can fall prey to this great enemy called Kama. We have example of Vishwamitra Muni. It seems he was doing very severe penance. He had gone to the Himalayas in a very, very serene, calm, tranquil place. He was doing meditation for years together, thousands of years. And because of his austerity, because of his penance, because of his meditation, it seems that even the devas, they also started becoming. Because anybody who becomes very pious, accumulates a lot of uh, tapas, he gets qualified for higher standard of happiness, higher standard of living. Even Vishwamitra was in the process of building his own heaven, planet, their Siddhis. So the Devas also, even Indra became quite so-called anxious. And Indra sent Menaka. I'll not get into more details, but we all have heard about this. Menaka came and while Vishwamitra Muni was meditating, in a very serene, calm place, fully absorbed. He heard the tinkling of the ankle bells when Menka passed by near, nearby him. He was his eyes were closed. When he heard the tinkling of ankle bells, he opened his eyes. And it was a very, very wonderful setting. The breeze was blowing, and as he opened the eyes, because of that wind, the breeze, the dress flew a little bit, and he could see. The beauty of Menaka. 
the physical beauty of Menaka and, and he was completely bewildered. He put an end to the meditation and started talking and interacting with Menaka and they even copulated and Shakuntala was born. So great spiritualists also at times have got bewildered and have fallen prey to this mighty force. What to talk of mundane so-called presidents of United States of America have been embroiled in many scandals. So it's a very powerful force. Let's accept it's Krishna's energy. Mama Maya Dhuratya. It's not some ordinary thing. It's Lord's energy. Krishna is saying and he's declaring it's Dhuratya. But he also gives a solution. Mam evaye prapadyante mayam etam tarantit. If one surrenders to me, I will free him from this illusion. So Kama is the greatest enemy. And if we surrender to the Lord, we have example of I gave example of Yamunacharya who was a great devotee of the Lord. He says, whenever I think of sex, my lips curl in distaste. If we are enjoying higher pleasure in relationship with the Lord, then it is easy to cross over this mighty force. We have example of Haridas Thakur. 18 hours, 20 hours in a day he would be chanting. and a prostitute, Chintamani, was sent, just like Menka was sent. She was sent to somehow break his meditation. There are some persons who were envious of Haridas Thakur. So, in the dead of night, while Haridas Thakur was chanting Hare Krishna Mantra in a cave, in a lonely place, this Chintamani came and stood at the doorway and tried enticing. Haridas Thakur stood in a pose which was quite enticing. But Haridas Thakur was completely absorbed in his chanting. Knowing that someone has come to his place as an etiquette, he asked, please come in. What do you want? So this Chintamani said that, you know, I just want to spend some time with you, to enjoy with you. She was quite upfront and blunt. You are a young person. I am young. And it's dead of night. Nobody is around. Let's enjoy. Now, being a guest as an etiquette, Haridas, yes, we will surely enjoy. But unfortunately, we have, we have, I have taken a vow that I will not do anything till I finish my quota of chanting. And many rounds are pending. Why don't you wait for some time? And once I finish these rounds, this chanting, then we will enjoy. So, Chintamani waited for a while. After all, after what's harm? Because she was supposed to get a big reward for breaking the vow or breaking Haridas Thakur, distracting Haridas Thakur from his so-called uh, brahmacharya or so-called celibacy, so-called austerity. So she waited and whole night passed and in the morning Haridas Thakur apologized. I am sorry, my chanting could not get over and hence I could not oblige. But can you please come the next night? Can you please come again? So again that night she came. Again the same thing repeated. The third night the same thing repeated. And the third night Chintamani fell at the feet of Haridas Thakur. He said, please pardon me. Seeing his saintly qualities, seeing his control, seeing his determination, she fell at the feet and revealed that she was promised a big reward. 
and apologized and Haridas Thakur initiated her into chanting of Hare Krishna Mantra and she also becomes a devotee. So lust is a great enemy which all of us have to deal with. Calm, crodh, it's anger. When lust is not fulfilled, our lusty desires are not fulfilled, calm, esha, crodh, esha, we get angry or we get frustrated, we get irritated. Let me share with you another story. This lady by name Lily. It's not Lily. Li. It's a Chinese name. A Chinese woman. She got married and she started staying with her in-laws, with her husband, father, mother of that husband, all in the same house. And somehow from day one, you could call that there was chemistry mismatch between Sas and Bahu. From day one, there was misunderstanding. And for small, small things, the mother-in-law would reprimand this lady, Lily, and pass some sarcastic remarks, which she was quite sensitive by nature. And the very first day, you know, she felt so bad she thought of just leaving the house and going. But then, you know, you're married from an orthodox family. So she continued staying. But things became aggravated. And the husband is trying to play the balancing role. He cannot displease the mother also, cannot displease the wife also. So he tried his best to patch up between the two. But then it was becoming quite difficult. Days passed by and it became very clear to this lady, Lili, that she cannot live peacefully. She cannot be happy so long as this mother-in-law is there in the house. So she remembered her uncle who was dealing with some kind of medicines and went to that uncle and said and narrated the whole thing, her ordeal, what she has gone through right from the day of her marriage and said, I need your help. And she said very openly, very bluntly that you deal in all kinds of herbs, all kinds of medicines. I am sure you will have herbs which create poison in the body. They are poisonous in nature. Can you give me some herbs? I have to just give those herbs to my mother-in-law and finish her. Once for all, kill her. Otherwise, I will never be happy in my life. So the uncle heard her and understood that, you know, it's a very serious thing what she is saying, killing the mother-in-law. But he said, okay, if I give you the herbs and you give her, obviously people will suspect you because you're not getting along well with your mother-in-law. When they know that he has got killed, the first thing is you will be caught, you will be arrested. So I am giving you these herbs. Just little by little, every day when you cook, just add little, just a pinch of it. And over a period of five months, six months, eight months, this poison will build up in a body and she will collapse one day. And nobody will doubt you because it would have gone so slowly. People will think that, you know, maybe her health deteriorated, became bad over a period of time for various reasons. 
and nobody will see that it's a murder of any kind. And he also advised this lady, Lily, that while you administer this herb, three things you should keep in mind. First thing is, never get into an argument with her. Never, never, come what may, whatever she speaks, never get into an argument with her. Point two, always obey her. Be very obedient. Whatever she says, even if you don't like it, just, just follow. And third thing is serve her nicely. Cook some nice dishes. Whatever she likes, cook that so that she is happy. So she inquired, why all this? She says that after six months or eight months, when actually she will die, everyone will not point any fingers to you. Otherwise, people can think that you have done slow poisoning. They will realize that there was such a nice... Wonderful relationship between Sas and Bahu, between this lady and the mother-in-law. How can she do that? So nobody will suspect. So first thing is, do not get into an argument. Do not disobey. Follow all her orders. Even if you don't like, follow. Be obedient. And third is, serve her nicely. Give her nice food stuff to eat. Cook separately for her. Whatever she likes. Okay, she has to wait for six months. She agreed. And right from day one, she started cooking and slowly started adding those herbs as instructed. And uh, she was very, very obedient. She never argued, even if from within she was feeling some kind of anger, but she would just be smiling. Very obedient, never argumentative. And she started cooking. Nice palatable dishes, especially which were favorites for the mother-in-law, which was very liked by her. And slowly as time passed by, the mother-in-law also realized that after all, my daughter-in-law is not bad. Why bad? She is very good. She is in fact serving her much better than her own daughter. And over a period of time, the relationship became much, much more closer, stronger, they started liking each other. And even this lady also realized, my mother-in-law, after all, maybe it was my immaturity. Initial days, I started arguing with her unnecessarily, but otherwise, she's a good lady. Six months passed by and their relationship was, the bonding was so good. Even the husband, everyone in the family was very surprised. What's going on? What happened suddenly? Such nice bonding between the two, always sitting together, talking to each other, laughing, joking, liking each other's company. Then suddenly one day this lady, young lady Lily realized, Oh my God, six months have passed and I have been giving this herbs. Putting the herbs had become a habit. Just like, you know, sometimes we have seasoning, we put salts, it become a habit. So she realized, my God, what have I done? Now the poison is going to act. She immediately rushed to her uncle and says, I am so sorry, I am in a very bad situation. Now I have a case where I have for the last six months put all these herbs in her food and very soon the poisoning will, poison will act and she will collapse. But I don't want her to collapse. I have realized that she is a nice lady. The mistake was mine. 
So then the uncle started smiling at it, says, don't worry. In fact, this lady asked, do you have some antidote, something which I can give, which will nullify or clear up all the poison from the body? So the uncle started smiling, says, don't worry. In fact, I, the herbs I gave you were just, you know, herbs for good health, multivitamins and all that thing. Don't worry, he will, she will not die. You don't have to worry about it. Says, the day you came and told me everything about your mother-in-law, I realized the poison is in your mind. The problem is with your attitude. And when you corrected your attitude, when you corrected your thinking, then the problem was solved. So likewise, these enemies within us, calm, crowd, they are the real enemies which are messing up our lives. Because of this, we mess up our lives. We create so many enemies because of ego issues. We stop talking to people. So many court cases. All the courts are flooded with cases. Cases between the near and dear ones, brothers and brothers fighting. So calm, crowd, anger. Then Lobe, greed. I was hearing about, you know, every quarterly the results are declared. And um, so a software company, a very, very famous, prominent software company declared the quarterly results. And they posted a profit of 320 crores in that quarter. Now, it's a good news, 320 crores, not a small amount. In one quarter, three months, posted a profit of 320 crores. But all the directors, all the executives of that company, the top executives, were having sleepless nights. Now, one might wonder, why sleepless nights? They were making profits, good profit, 320 crores. They were having sleepless nights because their competitors were making 400 crores, 450 crores in the same quarter. They were left behind. So greed, because of greed, even though we have enough, enough and more, we are not satisfied. We always compare. He has that. She has that. I don't have it. And we keep hankering for such things. So lobe, it's an enemy. And then... <clears throat> Attachments, moho. There was once a person, he used to come for satsang. Again, as I mentioned, accidents can happen even on royal roads. When a person takes to spirituality, it's not necessarily he has become pure and taken to spirituality. Prabhupada said, even our institution is like a spiritual hospital. People from all different so-called anomalies, anarthas, they join. And by following the process sincerely, in due course of time, they will get cured. So this person used to go for satsang, but he was very, very attached to his umbrella. And he would always keep the umbrella very, very close to him. And one day it so happened that, you know, he went for satsang. It was raining quite heavily and the umbrella was quite wet. And instead of taking it along with him, he kept the umbrella outside. You know, when the umbrella is wet, so you keep it in a place so that it gets dried and you keep it open so that all the water trickles down. So he kept the umbrella outside and after satsang when he went, 
The umbrella was missing. Somebody had taken his umbrella. So he felt so bad, so bad that night he could not sleep because of his attachment to that umbrella. And next few days he came for the satsang, but he was visibly disturbed. Visibly, you could see the disturbance in his face. He was so attached to that umbrella. Even in our lives, we get attached to people, we get attached to things, we get attached to circumstances. We get attached to the bed. If we have to change the bed, go to another room, we cannot sleep. We will not get sleep. We get attached to surroundings. We get attached to neighborhood. So, the person who was organizing the satsang could see that this person is very visibly disturbed, was in anxiety. So, he told the other satsangis that, you know, I can understand this person, I can understand his feeling. He was very attached to that umbrella. He has lost that umbrella. Mistake is ours. Someone from here would have taken somebody. So, why don't we get him an another umbrella? So, one of them who was fairly well-to-do got another umbrella, good umbrella, better umbrella for this person. And in the assembly, you know, he was called and he says, here is your umbrella. And after receiving the umbrella, the person was still very despondent, very sad. It was expected that he will start smiling, he will become jubilant, he will become excited, he has got the umbrella back. But still he was very sad. So, the Guruji asked, why are you so sad again? We have given you the umbrella. He says, had I not lost that umbrella, today I would be having two umbrellas. Unfortunately, somebody stole my umbrella and even though you are gifting me this umbrella, I am having just one left with me. See the kind of ignorance, calm, crowd, lobe, which drives us to act in abominable ways, which which keeps us away from being happy, being satisfied, being contented. And ahankar, prideless, a person feels proud just because he has something, just because he has some ability, just because he has some skills, just because he can speak nicely, he feels proud. I am better than others. Not realizing all the skills, abilities is coming from the Lord. There's a saying, one cannot be proud of borrowed plumes. You borrow money from the bank and then you cannot be proud that I am so moneyed person. You are borrowed. You are in debts. You have to return the money to the bank. So, the second point is calm, krodh, lobh, moh and matsarya or, or ahankar. These are the five enemies which all of us have to battle with. So, I request devotees to kindly help me with these points. We can pen down the five kinds of ignorance and also the five enemies which we just now covered, starting with calm. And we move on to kirtans. Today we have nice kirtans arranged for all of you. Enthusiastically participate in the kirtans and after the kirtans, we will come back and cover the third point and take up some questions. Let's participate in the kirtans. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, 
Krishna, Hare, Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare, Hare, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare 
राम जय राम जय जय राम श्री राम जय राम जय जय राम श्री राम जय कृष्णा कृष्णा हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्णा हरे कृष्ण महामंत्र की जगत गुरु श्रील प्रभुपाद की निताई गौर प्रेमानंदे हरे कृष्णा सो क्विक रिकैप वी कवर्ड अबाउट वी टॉक्ड अबाउट महाभारता एनलाइटनिंग अस अबाउट फाइव काइंड्स ऑफ इग्नोरेंस दैट वाज द फर्स्ट पॉइंट व्हिच वी कवर्ड and then we covered about enemies of kaam krodh lobh moha and ahankar matsarya mada 
Sometimes it's mentioned as six enemies. Someone pointed out also. And move to the third point. Okay, we all have enemies. We talked about a problem, but what about the solution? It's easy to say, yes, we have enemies. Everyone knows, yes, we have Kama. We have Krodha. What's the solution? Our scriptures are just talking about these are the enemies and you have to fight the battle. In fact, they're also giving us a solution. How to fight these enemies? Knowing that we are all very weak and enemies is very powerful, the Lord has mercifully descended in this age of Kali Yuga. Kaler Dosh Nidhe Rajan. The Lord has come as Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda Prabhu. Lord Chaitanya is com- compared to sun and Nityananda Prabhu is compared to moon. Just like when there is a lot of fog, dense fog and you are not able to see things clearly when the sun rises, automatically as the sun rises in the sky, the fog starts dissipating. So likewise, when the sun of Lord Chaitanya's mercy comes into our life and automatically all that avidya will dissipate, will go away. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is none other than Krishna himself who came 500 years back and he started or inaugurated the Sankirtana movement, the chanting of the Lord's holy names. And he mentions in his Shistashtaka, Nam Nam Akari Bahuda Nija Sarva Shaktis. O Lord, you are so kind, so merciful that you have descended in the form of his Nama, Nama. And Nam Nam Akari Bahuda Nija Sarva Shaktis. All your energies and potencies you have packed, you have invested in your Nama. Tatra Pita Niyamita Smarne Nakala. And how magnanimous you are. How merciful you are. How gracious you are that there is no hard and fast rule. Anybody can chant. Anybody with no prior qualification, with no extra knowledge can chant and can win over all these avidyas, all these enemies. Now chanting of the holy name, why it is so powerful? Because the Lord is reservoir of Sat, Chit and Ananda. Chit means knowledge, pure knowledge, real knowledge. He is reservoir. He is an ocean of Satchidananda. And that same Lord who is an ocean of Satchidananda has come in the form of His name. So when we associate with the Lord by giving our attention, when we touch that Lord, touch the Lord in the form of His name, how do we touch the Lord? Today we are having this body which is made of matter. Even the sound what we vibrate is matter. But if we give our attention, attention which is spiritual energy coming from the soul, a dead body does not have attention. Dead body does not have consciousness. So when we give attention and touch the Lord who is reservoir, whose ocean of Sat Chit Ananda, the Chit energy, the chit energy flows into our system and destroys all avidya. I gave example of Haridas Thakur. He was a Mohammedan, but he was chanting 18 hours a day. Full of chit potency. When Maya came, allured him, he was unaffected. He won over that so-called thing. These days, 
people are having a lot of challenges. A lot of people are getting addicted to watching porn, adult sites. Because sense gratification is the goal of life. And it's available so freely. A person has to struggle so hard for enjoyment. Here, just click some buttons and you can watch some things which are very pleasing to the eyes. But not knowing that, that is our enemy. Yehi bhoga, dukh yonahi evate. Lot of people have messed up their lives because of, you know, making sense gratification as a goal of life. Eat, drink, be merry and enjoy life. That has become the philosophy of life. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, mercifully is giving the highest thing, the highest benediction. What is that? Love of God. When we have love of God, we will not be falsely attracted to the glitter of this material world. We will not be tempted and allured because we will be dealing with the real thing. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is giving the real thing so freely, so magnanimously, so mercifully without seeing our qualification, whether we are eligible or not. All we have to do is chant the holy names of the Lord, associate with the Lord by chanting the holy names. So we may have, some of us may be very short-tempered, we may have problem with anger, we may have problem with lust, we may have some habits which are bad and it's difficult to break. The solution is very simple. Kaler doshanidhe rajan asti eko eko one mahadguna is one good quality what is that kirtanad eva krishnasya mukta sangha paramra just by chanting the names of krishna we can cross over all this ocean of so called disqualification which is keeping us bound in this material world so we talked about enemies we talked about five kinds of avidya we talked about five other enemies like kam krodh and the solution is one. Ashto eki mahaguna. There is one good quality. And what is that? Simply by chanting the names of Krishna, we can easily wipe out this avidya. Krishna Surya Sama Maya Haya Andhakar. The Lord, Lord's holy name is like Surya. It's like sun. And Maya, it's illusion. Avidya is like darkness. Just like when the sun rises, darkness has no independent existence. Darkness means when the, when the light is not there, we call it dark. This darkness is not some separate thing. Likewise, this maya is not a separate thing. Maya is when the Lord is not in our lives, Lord is not in our consciousness, we are in maya. Moment the Lord comes into our mind, into our consciousness, when we chant the names of Krishna, then automatically that maya, the avidya, gets dissipated from our life. So, I request devotees to, just to recap a few of the points, you can pen down some of the things which we learned, so others can also watch and uh, it could be a revision. And we'll take up some questions. We have nice, wonderful questions which were asked. The first question is from Anil Bhargav. If we let Super soul overpower our inner conditional enemies. What kind of realization can we see in real life which we can deepen our faith in Krishna? The question is if we surrender to the Lord, surrender to the Lord, super soul who is in our heart, what kind of changes we will experience in our life? 
as i mentioned we will experience higher form of happiness higher joy in fact we as souls are wanting to experience that real happiness but in illusion in maya we are chasing some wrong happiness thinking that i'll be happy if i have a bigger car better car bigger house to live in much better food to eat i'll be happy so we will experience higher happiness we'll also be able to easily control our senses we'll be able to easily control our minds we'll be able to overpower our enemies like anger many times people are very short tempered small small thing they get irritated they get angry and they know it is wrong but they cannot help it so the changes what a person will notice that he is able to control his mind control his senses it's a very big victory jesus christ said what profit the man if he wins the whole world but loses his own soul in today's world everyone is wanting to conquer the world but the enemies within are not conquered in fact the enemies have conquered him so these are the changes we will see. we will experience satisfaction we will experience joy brahma bhuta prasannatma he will become joyful na shochyati na kankshati there will be no hankering there will be no lamentation there will be no krodha excessive krodha we get angry we get irritated we get frustrated we get bewildered all that will soon vanish from our lives and we can experience that kind of state of existence this question is from udit jadwai why illicit sex is wrong and how it is wrong according to laws of nature if the opposite party is also agreeing to do this <clears throat> in fact sex is very much permitted in grihastha ashrama krishna in the gita says that dharma aviruddho kamo asmi i am kama which is not against religious principle so if a person is indulging with his wife in a regulated way as per the prescriptions in our scriptures there is nothing wrong but any other kind of sex indulgence reinforces bodily concept reinforces all the kind of avidyas which we talked about it fans that kama which we talked about avidya kama karma bhi because of kama which will never be satisfied our bhagavad gita said it's like putting ghee into fire the fire becomes even more so any amount of illicit sex will not satisfy us in fact osho gave a philosophy that just indulge so that a time will come when you'll have enough of it and you will give up but it doesn't happen because kama is the greatest enemy of the living entity because of kama we are in this material world and the lord who has created this world is giving his verdict is giving his opinion senses mind and intelligence are sitting places of lust from the very beginning regulate your senses control your mind in vedic times the first ashram was brahmachari ashram where a person would learn how to control the mind how to control the senses and with that training a person may enter into grihastha ashram and there's nothing wrong about it the third question it's from poonam garg is avidya or agnyata 
is the same thing. Agnyat, Agyan. Yes, it's the same thing. Avidya, Agyan, these are all synonyms. This question is from Virupaksha. My question is, first canto, 11th chapter, firstly, it teaches us that we all are present in Dwarka and all are liberated souls. Then later we find even prostitutes are present in Dwarka are also devotees. How to understand this? Why Krishna will allow this type of activity when he is present himself over there? How to understand? It's a little difficult question. Frankly speaking, it will require some bit of thinking on my part to answer this question. Uh, please pardon me if I can answer this. I'll remember this. I'll answer it in the next session. I don't have an immediate answer because for me to give an answer requires some bit of thinking. I don't want to give an answer which could be wrong. <clears throat> this question is from Rajesh. Do we have Bhagavad Gita as it is spoken the same way? Yes, we have the audio versions of Bhagavad Gita as it is. If you could uh, share with us your email ID. We could, uh, you can contact us from our website hkmlive.org and there are various ways through our channel. You can contact us and we will, you can write in the comments, we will share the audio version of Bhagavad Gita and you can listen to it. You can even Google, it's there online also. You can hear it online also. This question is from Ajay Lakshya Chaturvedi. How to deal with society which has accepted sense gratification as standard of happiness and materially blind our own relatives are running behind it and they have forgotten this knowledge they say charity begins at home let us not curse the darkness but let us better light one candle there is no point in cursing the darkness and not lighting a candle the world may be going astray but first janma sarthakari let's Try our best to perfect our lives. In fact, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, Bharat Bhumile Janma Hoyle Yar, one who has taken birth in Bharat Bhumi, this Punya Bhumi, Dharam Bhumi, he has two duties. First, first duty is Janma Sarthakari. He has to perfect his life. He has to win over these enemies. And next, what? Remain silent and just enjoy blissful spiritual life. Janma Sarthakari Karopakar. That's what Prabhupada did. That's what great Acharyas do. They perfect their lives. In fact, they already perfected souls. Prabhupada went to America, took all the hardships. For what? Karopakar. Help others. But first thing is, we have to help ourselves. So, understanding that we are deep in ignorance, we have many enemies. First, we can try improving ourselves. And with whatever little bit improvement we have done, whatever little knowledge we have gained, we can share with others. This question is from Vinayak Chaurasia. I am getting very disturbed while seeing girls, women and get disturbed. So I could not do any job or any study. Please help. Many times when a person watches wrong thing for a long period of time, it can get into an addiction mode. 
it's called addictive behavior we cannot help resist we cannot resist because the wiring in the brain it becomes an autopilot thing moment we see a sense object a trigger it automatically drives a ritual and we have an experience of pleasure and this if we have done n number of times repeatedly again and again it becomes a habit and every time we do it strengthens the habit a morning when we get up we go to the washroom we don't have to think about brushing our teeth we don't have to fight with our mind no mind saying no i don't have today desire to brush we just brush because brushing of teeth has become a habit putting the brush in our mouth with the toothpaste and experiencing that freshness of breath after we have brushed our teeth we have experienced day after day day after day day after day it has become a habit so same way many of the things can be because we have got habituated to do those things and it has become a wiring in our brain moment we see some sense object just it happens in the case of alcoholics moment they see alcohol they cannot resist when there was a lockdown because of covid shops started opening up and at time the government also relaxed and the liquor shops were allowed to open and we have seen pictures people were standing in queues for kilometer together waiting for their turn to buy liquor because they've got addicted can't live without it so we can definitely use this knowledge i would request you to chant the holy names very sincerely attentively and by the mercy of the lord we can change our behavior we can change our brain and if we want we can also take help of some counseling we can consult some psychologist in case it's very deep rooted it's become the wiring has become very deep we can take some uh, some help also from some counselors who are specialized in in addictive behaviors this question is from shitij chandra will being in krishna conscious i have stopped association with my friends as they are much into sense gratification but sometimes even i crave for meeting them how to overcome this craving we should not completely cut off because we are a social being we are living in a society we have to dabble deal with peoples there's a nice instruction is sansar mein rehte hue bhi संसार के ना बन जाओ कृष्णा इन द गीता गिव्स एग्जाम्पल ऑफ लोटस ग्रोइंग इन अ पॉन्ड फुल ऑफ डर्ट बट द लोटस इज अनफेक्टेड बाय द डर्ट अराउंड डर्ट इन द पॉन्ड इट इज प्रिस्टीन इट इज प्योर सो देर इज अ वे ऑफ इंटरेक्टिंग विथ पीपल विदाउट थिकली एसोसिएटिंग विद दैम भागवतम गिव्स एग्जाम्पल ऑफ अन्यदा यावत अर्थकृत नाउ वी आर लिविंग इन अ सोसाइटी वी हैव टू डेबल विथ ऑपोजिट सेक्स वी हैव टू डील विथ ऑल काइंड ऑफ पीपल वी हैव टू डील विथ पीपल हु आर वेरी मेटेरियलिस्टिक पीपल विथ हैव अ डिफरेंट अंडरस्टैंडिंग ऑफ लाइफ सो आर डीलिंग शुड बी वेरी फॉर्मल बट डू नॉट थिकली एसोसिएट थिकली एसोसिएशन मीन्स वेर यू रिवील द माइंड listen them very very intently 
try to follow their lifestyle anyada yavad as much as is required we try to interact and some bit of discretion is required some bit of guidance is required and if we are properly situated if we are regularly having satsang if we are having touch of the lord if we have reciprocation of the lord krishna will bless us with the required intelligence how to deal with it this question is from archie it is easy to understand lust as man's and woman's sexual attachment to each other but how does one understand lust in relationship like father son person property mother daughter good question lust is not just dealings between man and woman there's a broader definition to lust lust is not sex only lust means desire to enjoy independent of lord we are actually amsha of the lord and a scripture says we are prakriti we are meant to be enjoyed for by the lord he is the predominator we are predominated he is vibhu we are anu he is the enjoyer we are meant for his enjoyment just like this hand is meant to serve the interest of this body as a whole the hand cannot be selfish that i will serve only my interest so likewise we amsha of the lord are meant for eko bahushyam the lord became many for his pleasure so <clears throat> any kind of enjoyment material enjoyment minus the lord lord is not in picture is one kind of lust if we eat nice palatable food only for sense gratification only for enjoyment and we don't offer that food that also is one kind of lust that's why krishna says senses mind and intelligence are sitting places of lust every sense when we indulge with sense objects minus the lord is lust and a prime manifestation of lust in the life is through attraction between male and female but that alone is not lust lust has much broader understanding this question is from moshi how to understand our life in context to material world also simultaneously living as a devotee if the question if i have understood correctly can as devotees we live in a life where everyone is having a material perspective how do we go about leading a life as i mentioned earlier krishna has given many instructions how we go about leading our lives how we go about dealing with people around us there are many instructions which prabhupada has given in his letters in his conversations which has to do with practical application of this understanding in day to day life in fact a duty of an acharya is he teaches by example achar achar and prachar so i would strongly recommend you to there's availability of prabhupada's letters conversations on the net online if you read those letters or conversations you will get an idea prabhupada instructing 
different devotees in different circumstances how to apply the teachings of Gita. Many of the questions which is being asked, Prabhupada has encountered such situations and Prabhupada has given wonderful Krishna conscious answers. This question is from Anil Bhargav. Krishna at the center, Maya does a lot of disturbance in the mind as a clash of the mind. How to handle that misery practically even after taking mercy at the lotus feet of the Lord? Taking mercy of the lotus feet of the Lord, surrender to the Lord and being Krishna conscious is not a binary logic. Many times people make a mistake. I am a devotee, I am chanting, so why misery is coming to me? I am leading a pious life, why still I am suffering? I am a devotee of the Lord, then why Lord is taking me through such difficult times? Being a devotee of the Lord, chanting the names of the Lord, surrender to the Lord is not zero or one logic. In information technology, all of us have heard about zero and one. A bit of information stored as zero or one bit becomes byte and we have gigabytes, megabytes, all that. That's how information is stored in our hard disk and RAMs and all that memory. So, surrender to the Lord, being a devotee of the Lord is not a binary logic. So, somebody may say that still I am facing difficulties, still I am not able to control the senses, still my mind is agitated, even though I have become a devotee of the Lord. In fact, a devotee should be humble enough to accept that I have no devotion. I am just a pseudo devotee. I am just devotee naam ke vaste. I have no real devotion. In fact, Goswamis who were exalted devotees living in Vrindavan, they were saying that we are so fallen, we have no devotion, we have no love for Krishna. Although they were immersed fully in love of Krishna, absorbed in Krishna Bhakti Rasam, Rasa, but still they are saying we have no Rasa, we have no taste for Krishna. We have no love for Krishna. So we should understand that yes, we are in very fallen state. Devotees should be humble enough to accept that yes, I am overpowered by my enemies, calm, crowd. We should be humble enough to accept that yes, I am ignorant to different degree. By treading this path, some element of enlightenment is happening. But we are not fully enlightened soul. We are not pure devotees of the Lord. And till we become fully pure, we will have to face challenges in this material existence. Institute of Management for Future Leaders, how to handle, this question is from them, how to handle negative comments and sometimes deeply hurt even though we have deep respect for them. These all are challenges which we will encounter and the pressure to what extent we will get impacted by somebody commenting, somebody criticizing, somebody offending us by speaking harsh words. To the extent we will get affected is directly proportionate to how spiritually evolved we are, how much we are situated in Krishna consciousness. To more, if we are situated properly in good consciousness, then all these things will not impact us. Prabhupada said, when Prabhupada was preaching, a lot of people criticized him, spoke 
bad about him. Although he was very selfless, he was trying to distribute this knowledge with no personal agenda. But many people criticized him. So Prabhupada said, dogs will bark, the caravan will pass. When the caravan is passing, it does not have to wait and watch and respond to every bark of a dog. So likewise, knowing that people are in ignorance, people are themselves struggling. In fact, a devotee feels compassionate. A person is becoming angry because he is not happy within. He is struggling with life. A person is greedy, person is lusty, person is doing all kinds of wrong things because he himself is struggling in life. When a person becomes devotee, he can see that, in fact, a person will feel compassionate. Poor fellow, he is acting helplessly in this way. Having said that, we as a matter of duty, what needs to be done? Everything has a place. Even battle has a place. Even fighting has a place. In fact, Arjuna was reluctant to fight, but Krishna, the whole Bhagavad Gita was spoken to inspire Arjuna to fight. So sometimes we may have to give back. We may have to counter their arguments. We may have to retaliate. But it requires some bit of introspection. The general principle is, if someone hurts us, we are tolerant. If someone offends other devotees, offends the Lord, then we should not tolerate. Nityananda Prabhu was hurt by Jagai and Madai. He wanted to forgive these brothers. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did not forgive those brothers, did not want to forgive the brothers and wanted to kill them. But Nityananda Prabhu fell at the feet of Lord Chaitanya and begged pardon on behalf of those brothers, begged forgiveness for those brothers. So, if someone insults us, it is better we learn how to tolerate. 